Welcome to the sixth session of the Business Buying Masterclass, Structuring the Deal. Knowing the difference between buying assets and buying equity. Session, we'll cover arguably the most important business buying topic, how to structure your deal. So you want to buy a business? Exciting stuff. But what exactly does that mean? That is, what are you actually buying and why? It may seem obvious, but maybe not. Our goal in today's session is to cover how to structure your deal. That is, how to determine what you're going to buy, what you're not going to buy, and why. And to answer those questions, we have to talk about structure. In this session, we'll focus on the two most common business buying structures, asset and equity deals. It's possible, however, that you'll need a more complicated structure such as a merger, reverse triangular merger, or something similar. These structures are pretty rare for SMB M&A transactions, so it's beyond the scope of this course. Additionally, almost all structuring decisions buyers and sellers make are going to come down eventually to one critical issue, taxes. Thus, it's critical that you have a tax lawyer or other tax expert as a member of your deal team. Note that we'll address basic tax considerations in this session, but we don't purport to be tax experts, and we don't intend this course to go deep on complicated tax issues. Please consult your own tax expert, as these issues can result in significant cost and expense for the unwary. With that said, welcome to the sixth session of the Free Business Buying Masterclass. Let's get moving. Are you part of a new generation that values what truly matters? Say goodbye to the rat race and hello to a life of purpose and fulfillment. Introducing the Mundane Millionaires Podcast, the ultimate destination for entrepreneurs who prioritize family, community, quality of life, and financial success. Join hosts Kevin Henderson and Eric Pasifici as they unveil the secrets to building a prosperous life without sacrificing what's truly important. In each episode, they dive deep into the stories and strategies of everyday entrepreneurs who have mastered the art of achieving financial stability, controlling their time, and investing in the things that truly make life great. And here's the best part. The Monday Millionaires podcast is available as both an audio podcast on all your favorite platforms, as well as a video podcast on Twitter and YouTube. Tune in during your daily commute, your workout sessions, or whenever you need a dose of inspiration. Let Eric and Kevin guide you on a journey of personal and financial growth that will transform your life. Follow us on all major social media platforms at Millionaires Pod or head to MondayMillionaires.com to embark on a path of financial independence, freedom of time, and the building of extraordinary families and lives. Subscribe, download, and join our community of ambitious individuals who are redefining success on their own terms. The two main ways an SMB buyer will purchase a business are an equity purchase, sometimes called a stock purchase, or an asset purchase. Each method has a number of competing commercial, procedural, tax, and other considerations that should be weighed, and we'll examine each below. 
An equity purchase is what most people likely picture when they hear the words buying a business. In an equity purchase, the buyer acquires all or some of the stock in the case of a corporation or membership interests in the case of an LLC directly from the selling owners, i.e. the selling business owners in exchange for cash. For example, think about what happens in the stock market. That's an equity sale. When you buy a share of Apple in your brokerage account, you're buying a piece of ownership of Apple the company, the actual company itself. In the written session today, we have a few graphical breakdowns of what a stock acquisition or the steps of a stock acquisition look like. If you're listening to the audio version of this session, you may want to take a look at the written version when you have a minute to digest these graphics. In an equity purchase, the buyer acquires the entire business, warts and all. The buyer cannot select specific assets and liabilities and exclude others. Instead, the buyer takes the business in its current form as a going concern. Sellers typically prefer this structure so that they're not left with any historical liabilities. Sellers also generally prefer the tax treatment of an equity deal, as discussed in greater detail here in a moment. To mitigate the risks associated with acquiring all of the business's historical liabilities, the buyer will want to maintain the acquired business as a separate entity and negotiate certain protections, such as indemnities, escrows, and holdbacks in the purchase agreement, each of which we'll review in greater detail later in the course in future sessions. One material consideration in an equity purchase is the buyer needs to be sure to acquire all of the equity of the target, or at least a majority, enough to control the company. If a buyer doesn't do this, the buyer may inherit difficult new partners who actually control the business that the buyer just bought into. A quick practice tip, the first question every searcher should ask when looking at a deal is who owns the equity of the target business. And be sure when you're looking at this question to look all the way up the chain of ownership. If the target business you're looking to acquire is actually owned in turn by other business entities, you want to look at who owns those other business entities. And if those are owned by business entities, who owns those business entities? So on and so forth, all the way up the chain of ownership until you arrive at one or more actual human people. If any of those human owners are holdout owners, you want to know that very early in the process. As for the process of an equity acquisition, the equity purchase process is typically much simpler than an asset purchase, as you don't need to transfer or assign ownership of each and every asset of the business to the buyer. Instead, all of the assets and liabilities of the business are acquired in one seamless transaction. When the buyer acquires the equity of a target business, the tax basis of the underlying assets typically remain unchanged. The buyer instead receives a tax basis in the target company's equity equal to the purchase price that the buyer pays, plus cer certain other items. That tax basis is then used to calculate the buyer's taxable income or gain, or maybe loss, on a later sale of that equity down the road. Buyers typically don't prefer this tax treatment as it only leaves them the balance of the seller's tax basis in all of the assets of the company for depreciation and amortization pur purposes, which in short limits the buyer's ability to reduce its taxable income 
via depreciation and amortization in following years. Just as a quick example, if the target company owns 50 vehicles with a collective market value of $500,000, but the target company has already fully depreciated those vehicles, the buyer inherits the company with those vehicles fully depreciated. There's no tax advantage to depreciate those vehicles in the future, despite the buyer having paid $500,000 of value for those vehicles. In contrast, sellers prefer the tax treatment of an equity sale as the reset of the tax basis associated with an asset acquisition and the subsequent use of that tax basis by the buyer can trigger what's known as depreciation recapture and a larger tax bill for the seller. Pivoting to an asset purchase, in an asset purchase, the buyer acquires only specific assets and liabilities of the business directly from the target business itself, not from the target business owners. In many cases, the asset purchase agreement will describe the assets to be acquired very broadly. For example, all of the assets of the business with business being a defined term in the agreement. However, it's not uncommon for an asset purchase agreement to include schedules that go into painstaking detail and list each and every single asset of the business that's included or excluded from the acquisition. Again, in the written version of this session, if you're listening to the audio, there are a handful of charts that break down the steps and what an asset acquisition looks like if you want to take the time to look at the written session. As for commercial issues in an asset deal, in an asset purchase, the buyer's given the flexibility to pick and choose the specific assets to be acquired and obviously excluded from the deal. This means the buyer can avoid acquiring unwanted assets and their associated historical liabilities. This does, however, create the risk that the buyer may fail to include in the purchase certain necessary and important assets for the operation of the business after closing. For example, if the buyer mistakenly fails to include certain key agreements or certain important equipment, they may not be able to operate the business in the same manner after the closing. For the same reasons, sellers don't typically prefer this deal structure as it can result in the seller being stuck with historical or other liabilities that they thought they were selling. The asset purchase process is also typically more complicated and time-consuming than the equity purchase process as it requires the buyer and seller to identify and assign over each and every purchased asset to the buyer. If the target company is asset-intensive, this transfer and assignment process can become prohibitively burdensome for both parties. As for taxes, when the buyer acquires the assets of the target business, the purchase price is allocated among the acquired assets according to a certain agreed-upon formula, thus creating a new basis in each asset acquired by the buyer. These purchase price allocations are typically heavily negotiated and included in a schedule to the purchase agreement later to be later reflected in the buyer's and seller's tax filings. This tax treatment is typically the buyer's preference as it usually creates a stepped-up tax basis in each acquired asset, thus creating more opportunity for depreciation and amortization and consequently a lower taxable income for the buyer in the years following the closing. This tax treatment can, however, result in greater taxation for the seller due to the depreciation recapture noted previously. 
Note that aside from the allocation and tax treatment of the sale of the assets on a federal tax return, there are additional tax implications to an asset sale, particularly in physical asset-heavy businesses. Let's take our previous example of a business being purchased with a very large fleet of 50 vehicles. In an asset transaction, you have to assign the title to all 50 vehicles over to the new business. When you do that, in most states, the DMV is going to charge a tax on the fair market value of that vehicle being transferred. If those 50 vehicles are worth half a million dollars, as they were in our previous example, you may be talking about additional registration fees and taxes of tens of thousands of dollars just to transfer the title of those vehicles from the selling entity to the acquiring entity, which can catch an unsuspecting buyer by surprise and eat into that buyer's working capital immediately after closing. If you only take one thing away from this session, please let it be the following. Making a tax mistake can be very expensive for a buyer. You have to be sure to seek tax guidance for your transaction. If you don't, it may cost you. To conclude, when does a stock purchase then make sense for a buyer in SMB land? The simple answer is whenever an asset deal is not practical due to issues with transferability of assets, including customer or other contracts or licenses, or whenever the seller demands a stock deal for tax or other reasons. Absent that, and in most other situations, an asset deal is the baseline expectation in virtually all small business deals. But remember, when agreeing to a stock deal, more risk means less valuable acquisition to the buyer. So don't be afraid to reflect this in the valuation. Thanks for joining us for this session at the Business Buying Masterclass. Now, for a few required disclaimers, sorry in advance. This course is being presented strictly for educational and informational purposes and not for the purpose of marketing any legal services or seeking legal employment and is not motivated by a pecuniary gain. The opinions stated in this course from the authors represent the opinions of such individual author and not the opinions of any other person or organization. Nothing contained in this course or otherwise from the authors hereof is to be interpreted as legal, financial, tax, investment, and or any other form of advice. Please consult your own legal, financial, tax, investment, and or other advisors. The authors are not your lawyer and no information provided in the course of this class or otherwise has the effect of forming an attorney-client relationship between you and the authors. In short, get your own lawyer. This course is being presented by the SMB Center LLC and has no affiliation or relationship to SMB Law Group LLP. The authors have worked for some of the most elite law firms in the world. During their time in big law, they regularly worked on transactions in the hundreds of millions to billion dollar plus range for some of the most recognizable companies in the world and have extensive experience with M&A. The authors have since begun investing in select SMB acquisitions and have co-founded an SMB-focused law firm where they've collectively worked on hundreds of millions of dollars in SMB-focused M&A.